This is Wednesday night Bible study with our CE director, Reverend Mac Perry. Tonight's message is, I have chosen you. And now, here's Brother Mac. We're uh, studying in John, continuing to study in John. And um, last week, uh, we, uh, I spoke about uh, God glorified in you. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, Jesus telling us that He has chose us. He chose us way before we ever elected to go with Him and, and accept Him. So uh, we'll be reading uh, verses. I only have three verses on my heart tonight, starting in 15, 15 through 17, uh, chapter 15. But, uh, you know, I'm thinking about more when you really put your heart and your mind into what Jesus is doing His last few hours here on earth. He is really spending a lot of time and a lot of effort. If you notice, uh, more than one time he's mentioned the word love and, and, and the capacity of love that he's talking about, his kind of love, God's love. And then you, he's teaching also his disciples and teaching us about joy and about fruit bearing. You, you know, when you start thinking about the, all the things that Jesus is spending his last few hours on, you really let them sink into you. You think about how important they are to him. And that he has a passion for it. He's really wanting us to understand. And you know, and the thing that he wants us to understand most of all is staying connected to him. Remaining in him is the answer to all the joy, the peace, the love, all the things that we've been teaching about. So as we continue to teach tonight and, and listen to what God has to say in our hearts, really think about what the importance of what Jesus is saying uh, you know, as Christians, what we should be thinking about and what we should be doing uh, each day in our life. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can become disconnected uh, as David did, as I mentioned last week. So before we do get into our uh, 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 message tonight, the word tonight, let's, uh, let's review quickly last week. Uh, I always like to do that because it helps me to continue in what Jesus is trying to teach and it reminds us all of what uh, you know he's trying to tell us as he's continuing to to uh, help us understand what the love is that God has for us you know without any doubt Jesus uh, was trying to tell us that the, the love that he has and the, the guidance from his father you know that he was not afraid of anything as I mentioned last week knowing that he was going to the cross, knowing that he was going to be beaten, knowing that you know, he was going to have to uh, wear a crown of thorns, knowing that he was going to have to suffer. He knew exactly what he was going through, but he went with confidence. He went with faithfulness. And you know, he knew, even though everyone around him, basically, his Jewish people, his, his family, you may call, uh, call it from a Jewish standpoint, were rejecting him. They didn't think he was a Messiah because they didn't think their Messiah could go through the trials that he was going through. But he was, uh, you know, it was quite reverse of that. Jesus was letting us know as a human, he goes through the same thing we go through. So he was blessing them. And even though they rejected him, he still loved them. But he kept teaching about the power of his love and his will to do his Father's will. Even though there was dark clouds all around him, even though he was being rejected from many different angles, and there was evil all around him, there was storms brewing, there was a, it was a dark environment, all those things that I talked about. But Jesus knew all these bad things was going to happen. But yet, He knew the safest place to be was in the will of God, in the will of His Father. 
And that's what he's trying to emphasize to us. That the safest place we can be is where Jesus was at, at the cross, at the foot of the cross. His anchor was in the cross. He knew what he had to go do. We need to be anchored the same way. He knew exactly his Father's love. And it motivated him. It gave him the power, the strength. It gave him everything he needed, needed. So he knew where everything that he needed was in God. Everything we need is in God. And that's what he's trying to let us know. When I look at the last couple verses, um, I think it was 8 through 12, um, uh, he said, Obey my commands. You will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father. We talked about that a little bit, how to remain in his love, the joy and the fruitfulness that we will have. I I mentioned there was four different things like that uh, in our scriptures last week that was important to Jesus, that he was uh, expressing uh, to us. Uh, first was fruitfulness. To be fruitful, we have to remain in him. And then his love. His kind of love was selfless, sacrificial, and unconditional. And, that, and we get that through, I, I think I, I mentioned the scripture, John 14 and 16. He shall teach you all things. So the more we stay in uh, the Holy Spirit, the more we learn about the Holy Spirit, the more we let the Holy Spirit guide us, the more we learn about this love and the things that He's been teaching us. And then when I mention obedience, I, I do think there's many, many things in the Bible that He mentions about obedience, but one of the things that, that stuck in my heart is about when he, when, he, you know, when he looked at Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? He did this like three times. And then he said, if you love me, One of the most important things that I feel like he's trying to tell us, and Brother uh, Mike brought it up to me and and reminded me of it, is first feed the lamb, feed the children, but feed my sheep. That is the things that we should be doing. And to do that, we must love him. Do we won't feed his sheep? So it's very important. I, I really believe in my heart that's the main focus, the main objective. Mainly what Jesus is trying to tell us, if we stay in him and remain in him, His kind of love will help us reach those that are lost. And that's the most important thing we can do in our lives is reach the lost. And then I I mentioned about joy. I said there was three things that kind of specifically hit my my heart about the kind of joy. And he's not just talking about happiness, as I mentioned last week. He was talking about joy obtained, how to obtain it. He has been, he's been teaching us how to stay in Him and how to obtain that joy. And then joy abiding and joy abounding, as I mentioned last week. Abiding means living in us, remaining in, in us, and we must stay connected to do this. Many things can distract us, is what He's saying to us. When, when He said that to, to me in the Scriptures, it made me think about when uh, the word remain, it means that it needs to stay. And if it, the reason it don't stay is because we let it go, because we let other things, many things, sin, uh, power, uh, envy. I mean, and I can go on and on and on. And, you know, even King David uh, uh, in Psalms, as I mentioned last week, uh, 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 talked about losing his joy. I believe it was the 51st Psalm, uh, 12th verse, uh, restore, the me, to restore to me the joy of your salvation. He, I believe David may have still loved the Lord. I still think he knew who God was. But he had lost his joy. He had lost his joy and he was asking for that. And it wasn't necessarily uh, that, that David... What it was is David had done some things he shouldn't have done. He'd done some things and he, he got his focus off of what God wanted him to do. Joy abounding. This is meaning having full and complete, as I mentioned last week. Fruit bearing. 
And when, as I ended last week, uh, God blessed me tremendously talking about fruit bearing. And, and I, it just put in my heart when I was studying that about fruit bearing means enjoying going to church, enjoying going to prayer time, enjoying fellowshipping with His people, enjoying all the things that He's asked us to do. And we will get joy from all those things. God wants us to be full of joy. He wants us to be happy. And I talked about a great big smile on our faces. We have a whole lot to smile about in the name of Jesus Christ. God desires us to have joy in our heart. And that's the way I ended last week. And, uh, and, 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 and I think we ended on the words praise and worship. It's the way we ended last week. How God wants us to be joyous and praise and worship Him. And thank God for that, that we have that opportunity. So looking in verse, um, I mean chapter 15... We'll get into our lesson tonight, uh, verses 15 through 17. And I, you know, I've never put as much thought into any of these things as I, I, I have. Uh, uh, one of the things that, Mike, I, I love about being a teacher uh, uh, of God's Word, it takes you to another level of studying. You know what I mean by that, Mike? I know you do. Meaning when I read and study and trying to learn from the Bible, and it's, for me, it's one thing, but when I'm studying it and trying to learn it to teach it, God just really opens up my heart and opened up my mind to receive what He's really wanting to say. And I thank Him for that because if He didn't, it would be very difficult to t teach. And, to, and, I, and I never thought about, where I was heading with this, is I never thought about when Jesus said, I have chosen you. I want to spend a little time on that tonight and what that really means uh, and, and how it really sunk into my heart. When you really let God's Word sink into your heart, it will take you into some new areas that maybe you've never thought about before. Thank you, dear Jesus. So let's read uh, verse 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends... For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. And in verse 17, these things I command you that ye love one another. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word, dear Father. Thank you, dear Jesus. The first thing I want to start with tonight is, is uh, and then I'll get a little bit more in the lesson, is about we must never forget, and we need to uh, always think about what Jesus is trying to say as we go through this tonight. Think about what he's truly trying to say, what a friend is. And he was our friend. He knew us and all about us before we ever knew him, before we ever accepted him. Think about that as we go through this lesson. He was a friend. And remember what he said previously? A friend, as a friend, he died for us. A friend is willing to, a true friend, that's what he's talking about as a friend, is willing to die for you. 
He's simply saying in this very first, I no longer call you servant. He wants us to be a servant, but he does not call us a servant because a servant does not know the master's business. Normally when uh, uh, in the olden days or back, especially back in the days when uh, Christ was walking, walking on the earth, there was uh, people that, were, that had uh, servants. And those servants did not know what the master ever wanted or why, why he told him or told her to go do things. They, they just said, go do it. Just go, go do this or go do that or go do this. Well, what Jesus is saying, you know, instead, I'm calling you a friend because everything that I know and every, I want to give you an understanding, a blessing of what God is saying to me. I want, to, I want you to have that same understanding is what he's saying there. That's why I call you friend because as a friend, I share with you what God is wanting, what my Father is wanting. Jesus is teaching his disciples that servants normally don't receive uh, you know, they only receive orders. Go do this, as I mentioned. They don't always know or understand. You know, Jesus is teaching when you're my servant, when you're my servant, uh, you, you know, I will teach you everything you need to know and understand He'll, through the Holy Spirit. As my friend, you can talk to me, is what he's saying. You can ask me questions. You can open up your secrets to me. My, your desires to me, your needs to me. He's wanting us to talk to him as a friend. You know, when you got a true friend, you can talk to a friend, can't you? You know, I've, I've often said to many folks that we have many, many people we know, many people we have a, that we're acquainted with, many people that we like, many people that we love. But in my lifetime, I can truly say I've only really had a couple of true friends. Y'all understand what, what Jesus is saying here? Well, that's the kind of friend He is. One that you can, you can open up to. You can tell your dark, deep secrets to. All the things your heart, your desires, your wants, your needs. And that's what He's saying. You know, Jesus said, in, uh, and also in 15, everything that I have learned, I have made known to you. That's the kind of friend He is. And what He's meaning is, He wants us to do the same thing with each other as friends. He wants us to love each other as friends. I believe that's what he's saying. He's saying it to me tonight. And what I'm sharing with you is, he wants us all to be that close. We all need someone we can talk to. We all need someone. You know, we can all talk to Jesus. We, we should do that. I'm not meaning we don't. But here on this earth, we need someone we can have confidence in. Someone we can trust. Someone that we can rely on. And what do we do? If it's a godly person, then we're going to get the right guidance. We're going to get the right understanding. And that's what Jesus is saying. You know, I through my Father will give you that guidance, give you that understanding, and I want you to do the same thing with my, my, my flock, my people. That's the same thing I want you to do. What he's saying is um, all his disciples would have done exactly the same thing as Jesus is doing in loving and sharing and giving. You know, that is the way I believe that will help other people get joy and peace. Because Jesus is saying, you stay connected to me, you stay my friend, I will make sure you're connected, I will make sure that you're blessed. That's what he's saying to us. I know I'm simplifying this tonight, but that's the kind of friends we should be to each other. That's the kind of friends I believe that Jesus wants us to be. Jesus wants us to know everything about his Father, because when we know everything about what God is wanting to do, 
in our life, we understand His will. We understand and get courage. We get strength. We get the things we need in life. Because, you know, in this life, we need courage to stand up, don't we? We need the strength to stand up to the things of this life. Jesus is teaching His disciples in His last few hours, hey, He's teaching me the same thing. Stand up. Get the strength. Get the courage you need from me. I am your friend. I give you directly from my Father. Jesus was that kind of friend. You know, back in, even in Exodus 33 and 11, uh, when Moses, I believe it was, in the Old Testament, was talking to God, God used a word, in fact, this is the words, and the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto a friend. He was a friend to Moses. He's somebody he could depend on. And that's what Jesus is saying through the Holy Spirit. When he said this to his disciples, you can depend on me. I died for you. And the fruits that we bear, we must remember, fruits we bear come from Him directly and not from us. We elect Him. We make a decision to follow Him. We accept and believe Him, and He will give us a gift. I will say one, a couple thoughts on the word ordained. It is because Jesus ordained us to go bear fruit. He used that word tonight in our scriptures. We have to remember it's nothing that we try to do can go out and bless people like it. And when I think about the word ordained, to me it means He's sanctified it. He's called you. He's blessed you. He wants you to go do it. And they will be fruit from it. When He ordains it, there was something good come out of it when He ordains it. And when you read uh, uh, um, in verse 16, we'll move to fifth, uh, verse 16, He chose us... Um, and I think about uh, how comforting that is and should be to us. He chose us. <laughs> think, I think about these things simply when I really start simplifying in my heart. When, when He says He chose me, when He chose all of us, I, I put it simply that that means He's going to protect me. He loves me. He's responsible for me. He's going to take care of me. You know, I think about his responsibility. When he says, I'm taking, it's just like we do when we say we're going to take care of our children. And that we, you know, we love them first. And we, we, we protect them. The same thing. He will take care of us. Listen to what Jesus did as he progressed in this area. As I move on, I did tell you over the last couple of weeks, there were some thoughts that I had on fruit bearing that I would share with you later. And I, I just kept letting it come together in my heart specifically because I wanted to help me and all of us understand what God means by fruit bearing. And I'm going to speak a little bit as I conclude about what he's looking at from a friendship standpoint also. I'll continue with that in a minute, but I want to jump to uh, also uh, what he's teaching about bearing fruit, being fruitful Christians. First thing I want you to notice, when we were back uh, in, in verse 2 of chapter 15, uh, just a few verses back, he brought up the word fruit-bearing. If you notice the way that reads, he talks about fruit-bearing bear, uh, in, in the very first verse, of uh, a second verse. Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus mentions the word fruit. He's teaching the purpose of uh, the vine, how we're connected to the vine, and how we should 
be bearing fruit. Jesus saying, we are to bear fruit. You can sense when he begins to talk about it, I can, in his word, when you continue to read, I can sense in it that there is a concern. He is stressing the point, how important fruit bearing is to us. That if we're connected to him, fruit bearing is very important. Now, he wanted his disciples, all his disciples, to understand the importance of fruit bearing. As I progress through this, I think you'll get a little bit better picture of what I'm trying to say. The second thing that I noticed in the second half of verse 2, that Jesus adds as he's teaching that every branch that does not bear fruit, he will prune. And did you notice what he said about pruning? He didn't say to continue to bear fruit, I'll, I'll, I'll prune you. He said, I will prune so that we will bear, he used the word in the, in the uh, King James, more fruit. The next word you see progressing is more fruit. He don't want us to get to a level that we're happy, we're satisfied, and that he's blessing us because we are producing fruit. He's saying he wants us to produce more fruit so he will prune us even though, you know, sometimes we feel like maybe we've done something bad because God has to prune us. He has to slap us on the hand once in a while. What I'm learning is, he's saying, I want you to do more, more fruit. I want you to do more fruit. I don't want you to get stabilized just to just do a little, to do a little. He's saying, I want you, just, just some fruit is good, but he wants us to do more fruit, regardless of how well he's being, we're being blessed. There's a lot more that God wants us to do to help other people and to bless other people and bring those forward. He ought to, to, to salvation. But He also wants to continue to bless us. He wants to bless us. Now, let's look at the teaching as it progresses that Jesus is doing. The third thing that I notice when we get to verse 8, Jesus adds to what He was saying, this is to glorify My Father that you bear much fruit. Think about that. We've gone from bearing fruit to more fruit. Now he's telling us, hallelujah, much fruit. Hallelujah. Notice that God, Jesus is teaching. He starts out with how important it is, but now he's letting us know there's a lot of work to do. There's a harvest to bring in. There's a lot of people we need to reach. We don't need to get stable or or at a point where we think everything is fine. We never should think that way. We should always be moving forward in Him. Being fruitful is a must. It's a requirement to grow His church, to touch His people. And what did it tell us back a few verses? To glorify God. Much fruit will glorify God. But now notice the fourth phase of His teaching. Verse 16, we're in tonight. Is the, what I'm looking at is the final stage in, of Jesus' teaching about Christians being fruitful. That ye should go and bring forth fruit, hallelujah, that your fruit should remain. That it should last. His fruit will remain. His, la His fruit is forever. His fruit will bless. Hallelujah. As you know, the fruit of this world Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Jesus. I'm spitting on myself. <laughs> Thank you, dear Jesus. 
<laughs> As we know, this world does, the things of this world does not last very long. Hallelujah. When you think about the agricultural fruit, apples, pears, all the great fruits of this world that God has blessed us with, they don't last very long, do they? They don't last long at all. And then I went on another uh, step in my spirit, and I think because I'm a technology guy, came out of that in my real world uh, where I used to work, uh, high tech, and I think about how ever-changing, always new designs, always new this, how everything is getting replaced. So the fruits of this world, all the gadgets, widgets, and technologies, they're going to be replaced. They're going to wear out. You're going to find them in the junk, junkyard. You're going to find them thrown away. You're gonna, you know, it's ever-changing. Those, those kinds of fruit or things disappear, move on, and, and, and keep going forward. But those things will disappear. Those things of this world disappear. Hallelujah! But the things that Jesus wants us to do will remain forever. Eternal life. Ever eternal life in heaven with Him. That's what He wants us to do. That's the kind of fruit bearing that He wants us to do. The fruit that remains in the hearts and souls of everyone. You know, I think about this, and I've said it in different ways in the past. But it came to me in my heart this way in studying the fruit. The fruit that Jesus is telling us about. The question we should be asking ourselves, is Jesus Christ at work in me or am I just working? Let me say that again. Is Jesus Christ at work in me and you or am I just working. The very importance of that is as we know the work that Jesus is, is going to give through us will remain. That's why it's important. It will remain. It will be forever eternal. Forever lasting. Christi uh, Christians, those of us that love God, we should be asking ourselves that. Do you know the Bible tells us in the scriptures we should do once in a while do a self-evaluation? I forgot the exact wording, but I, I remember it stuck in my heart. That uh, I meant to find it and quote it again tonight, but I, I, I didn't get to that. But, but the bottom line is, God wants us to also, sometimes we need to self-evaluate ourselves. And when we should ask ourselves that question, am I doing what God wants me to do? Verse 17, our last verse for tonight. Again, I've got a whole new perspective on this one. <coughs> This is my command. Love each other. Jesus has already taught us a lot in verses 14 and 15 about love and His love and His kind of love. But when I really opened my heart, I said, and I, I asked myself this, Jesus, you've said it three or four times to love each other. You know, here specifically, what, in, what is it you want me to say? You know, we... I know you want us to love each other, but what specifically? I, I noticed something that you're trying to teach us here. You know what? He gave it to me. He gave it to me, and He's meant it all the times He said it. When He said it is a command, think about it. It's not an option about loving each other. It's not something that we should say, oh, it's okay if I don't love that person, or that, you know, it's okay if I don't speak to that person. It's okay if I feel in my spirit I should call that person. It's not okay. 
God is saying it's a command. It's a very strong command. It's a requirement of us. It is a must to be a friend of Jesus. We must love each other. We must stay connected to the vine. It's the only way that we'll love each other. Let me tell you about the three types of uh, things that came into my heart that Jesus is meaning about the friends that he, the type of friendship he's talking about. Hallelujah. A friend loves to pray, loves to pray for another. A friend loves to pray for another. It is a desire. It is a wanting to help. It is a just God come down and touch that person. It, even some, and God tells us even we should be praying that way for our enemies. We should love all as a friend. Even our enemies are our friend. So love prays for others. Especially, especially all of, uh, all of his family. I thought one of the scriptures that came to mind when I thought about the love that he's talking about, a friend. Do y'all remember the story of Job? I know you do. How the devil just took everything in his life. Everything. And I mean everything. And I won't go through that story, but a scripture that stuck in my mind, Job 42 and 10. Uh, Jenny, I don't know how quick you could come up with that. But uh, here's basically what it says. After Job had prayed for his friend, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. Hallelujah. God blessed Job because he lost everything and he prayed for his friends and their needs. Isn't that a wonderful, when you read the scripture and the scripture before and the scriptures after that's the love that Jesus is wanting us to have for our friends, for all of his family, and for everyone, for each other. Love, you've heard this many times. Love, the second thing about the love he's talking about, love sticks closer than a brother. Even when a friend is in trouble, even when someone has a need, we are to be there. Be there. Listen to what Proverbs says in 18 and 24. Think about this. A man of many companions may come to ruin. A, a person, you may know a lot of people, a lot of people, companions, but if they've never been a true friendship, they're not going to be there to help you, and you'll end up really needing a lot of help and could be ruined because you did not make friends. You only made companions. But listen to what the last part, last part of that verse says. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's the kind of friend he's wanting us to be, as it tells us in Proverbs. And then the third kind of love, think about this, the love that gives and gets. The love that gives and gets. Luke 11, 5 and 6, and then I'll jump down to verse 9. Do y'all remember the story Jesus was telling, the parable of a friend that asked a friend? It says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Basically, I have nothing to give him. And what happens, 
is a couple verses in between where this friend was a hesitant, but eventually his friend does give him what he asked to help this other friend. As we continue to read in chapter 11, when we get to verse 9, listen what Jesus says. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, it will, you will find, and knock on the door, and it will be opened. What Jesus is saying there, God will give us what we need. We just need to bless each other and bless Him. We need to seek. We need to not give up. We need to uh, keep looking, keep trying to find it. God is not stressing the point only that, uh, you know, His Word, in His Word, that His willingness to give. He's also saying that a true friend, our friendship, that goes, we should be friends that go out of our way and to supply needs. We are to be ones to seek ways, find ways, look for ways to bless each other. We are to do whatever it takes to bless our friends. We are to seek ways, find ways to bless someone and love them. Thank God for all the friends that He does give us. Thank God that His Son, Jesus Christ, is our friend. I think about uh, um, uh, of, of tr- tr- the song that, you know, uh, during the night, the one person you can depend on is Jesus Christ to answer you. You know, I think about the many times we as Christians have prayed uh, when we were uh, uh, hurting and when we were lonely, you know, and when we had a need. That, and we've all been there. And you know what? Uh, we may not always see it clearly, uh, but the closer we get to Him, the closer we'll understand how clearly He does answer our questions. Because you know what? We all seem to rise up and move forward. And God is blessing us. Just maybe sometimes we don't see it the way we want to see it. But God does uh, take care of us every single day in our life. Would you stand with me tonight? Please bless a friend. Bless someone. Touch someone. Be a friend. Our true friend. Someone that uh, we can all depend on. And we need that. We need each other tonight. And that's what he's telling us about his love tonight. And I think about it. He chose us, as the title said tonight. He chose us. And he chose us as a friend. Saying right up front that, you know, I am there for you. Whatever you need, you can depend on me. Always in with God the Father. God the Son and God the Holy Spirit is available and wants us uh, to be in His will. He, every day, I believe, is busily, He's very busy and engaged and trying to help me, prune me, and make me a better uh, Christian uh, uh, for Him to go out and reach and touch people. I believe if we will allow Him to do that, He will do that. Every moment, maturing us to the next level. Christian living, I end with this one too. Christian living, this is stuck in my heart from the beginning of chapter 15. Christian living is a changed heart and mind obtained only by walking in the Spirit. Christian living is a changed, remember the lesson on changed heart, changed mind? It's only obtained through walking in the Spirit. And when you're walking in the Spirit, 
It's not about learning the right things to do. Thanks for tuning in to our live stream here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church. If you want more information about our church, go to our website, pinelevelphc.org. That's pinelevelphc.org. You can check out pictures, events coming up. Also, watch other services that you may have missed. Also, you can download our free app through the Google Play or the iOS App Store. You can watch our services live or on demand, and you can get push notifications about upcoming events here at the Pine Level Pentecostal in his church, as well as check out other information that's going on here. Also, Facebook users, search Facebook for uh, Pine Level PHC, and you can like our page on Facebook, get notifications when we go live, check out pictures and other things that we post through Facebook. If you're a YouTube fan, go to YouTube, search Pine Level PH Church, and subscribe to our channel, and get notifications when we go live. You can watch our services live or on demand through YouTube. We also have a podcast available for the people who can't watch. You can listen while you drive or work, go to your favorite podcast provider, or you can go to our website or the app for the quick link to the podcast. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. Tune in again Sunday morning at 1030 or Sunday night at 6 p.m. and Wednesday at 7. God bless.